0: Hello, welcome to another edition of the Pinkham Podcast. My name is Connor Southwell and this is this series, this opportunity we're, we're being given by the uh, current climate to, to catch up with former Norwich City players of uh, different generations, different eras and perhaps players we ordinarily wouldn't have the time to catch up with in, in regular match cycles. And this is a, a guy and a player who, who certainly fits into that category. Daryl Russell is uh, rare in, in many um, cases he had two spells with norwich city made a significant amount of appearances perhaps his his spells at the club weren't particularly characterized with with success uh, it broke through in in 1997 uh, played until 2003 before moving to stoke and returned in 2007 under peter grant and left after that league 1 title winning season under paul lambert so this for me felt very philosophical. It felt very reflective from from Daryl, who's a, who's a top guy. Um, he's, he's trying to get into coaching in, in the US and. Seems to be enjoying life out there, but he was certainly reflective on his time at Norwich City and perhaps opened up to to a few regrets and stuff that, that he has uh, about his time at the club. But this is very interesting. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Um, and of course, if you do, make sure to leave a like as well, uh, subscribe on whatever platform you're you're getting your podcast from. So I, I suppose the the first question really is in terms of what what are you doing over in in the US.
1: Um it's better weather so uh, I'm giving up on the English winters at this minute in time but um, I, I, coach, um, I coach, coach out here at a minute mm-hmm.
0: is, is that with a view to um, management or, or anything like that or, or is it simply just sort of learning and, and trying to pass on your knowledge to, to other players?
1: Well um, initially I didn't obviously want to coach and um, someone got me involved out here Coaching uh, back into the game, and um, it's kind of been, you know, things have moved pretty quickly. I've I've got myself involved with a number of different projects, and now, yeah, for me to get myself probably back into, I've got a itch to get myself back into the game, and uh, sooner rather than later, I'd like to get myself back in coaching at at, at a higher level.
0: I'm just intrigued to talk about your Norwich City career because obviously you're one of those players that had two spells at the club. How do you, now you finished playing, how do you reflect on your time at Norwich?
1: Um, it was good. Obviously, I started my career there, so I was with Norwich probably from the age of 13, I think. 12, 13, I probably joined Norwich at School of Excellence. So, um... You know, to, to to come through and see some of the players around that were that were around at the time, um, around me in the younger ages, and then for you to break through and you know be one of the few to kind of come through, especially in that kind of era, and that stayed in the game for the whole career. Mm. W- w- was obviously, you know, I probably count myself lucky, but also you know I must have put the work in that was required to keep myself within the game. So uh, yeah, I mean I, I've got to be thankful for Norwich for given me that opportunity to play and, and do the game that I love.
0: Mm, absolutely. And you mentioned there you, you joined Norwich as as a youngster. What, what was the environment like then? Because I can imagine that sort of youth development system was was probably much or a lot different compared to, to perhaps how it is now.
1: Um, it might be different in terms of uh, logistics, but in terms of the the um, the methodology and and the um... And the way things were done, it's, it, it wasn't because we had someone uh, at the helm, which was Gordon Bennett, which was hugely passionate about uh, youth development at that time. And so was the, the club, you know. So uh, the, the club wanted to always push young players through, develop them, get them through. And I think at that time, when I'm thinking back to my you know school of excellence phase, as well they would have called it, um, Norwich was probably number two to Man United at the time and we we can remember the era that came through Man United um, probably a little bit before me. Um, So, for us, we was always at at the top of the country in terms of trying to push young players through and um, giving them opportunities and and, and I just happened to be in in an era that got me through and and, and it looks like it's continued in that vein. We've always tried to develop players and and, and give them the opportunity to, to break into first teams and and we can see some of the benefits we've been getting in the recent days with 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 the players that we have now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. does it give you a little bit of maybe pride's the wrong word, but but sort of um, is it pleasing, I suppose, to see the club sort of go back to that in recent years because they went through a long spell of perhaps not having anyone really through the academy.
1: Yeah, um, but, but but obviously, I think we, you'd probably have to go back five or six years, maybe a bit longer. To really know that that was where the work was done for the players that are coming through now, you know, it isn't just all of a sudden. The last two or three years, we're just bringing players through and we're just developing them. Development takes a, a period of time, so it's not necessarily, um, you know, the icing on the cake is the the the, the, uh, the guys that are in right now in terms of you know the infrastructure and, and and the people behind the scene. That's the icing on the cake. They're putting the polish on those players, but the, 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 the development of those players. Would have come um, six years ago. You know, the beginning, the beginnings of, of putting that those wheels in motion came a long time ago, and people forget about the work perhaps that's done behind the scenes, and and, and a period of time before, you know, you see the finished article that's out there on that field playing, and um, yeah, it, 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 it's not just a. A click of the fingers and this happens. I mean, if I think about, it, I was at I was at the club from age twelve or thirteen. It took me probably another four or five years before you know you're in that first team and people get to see that article. Now it wasn't, you know, like I said, it's the polish that you get when you're in the building and you're full time and so on and so forth. But uh, there's a lot of work that's done beforehand to get you to get you developed and and up to standard to be able to be um, ready for or first
0: team level. and, and that, That's obviously a journey you've, you've taken, isn't it? Did you did you as a, a player know at the point that you were ready to, to move into the first team or, or was it a case almost of someone telling you you were ready?
1: Um, I think as a youngster you always believe that you're ready and you, you can do it and um, and you have the, uh, the capability of managing it. Obviously I was given my chance and Lucky for me, I managed to grab it with both hands. Um, but when I look back about it and I think to myself, I think, how was a 120 pound player that I probably was at the time, how was I able to, to compete with that, you know? And you look at different things like physicality and those other parts of the game, you start to develop as, as you become older. Um, so yeah, I might look back and I think, how the hell did I manage to survive? But, you find a way, you know, and uh, and uh, yeah, like I said, it's, 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 it's a great experience, but also, you know, there's things I look back and think, was I really ready? But I, I must have been because I, I managed to hold my position and, and keep myself in the team and, and make a career out again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you made your debut against Reading, didn't you, for Norwich, and that was the last day of the season. Uh, I think it was uh, John Faulkner who was in charge, wasn't it? Caretaker charge at, at that point. Was that quite a big right. for you because obviously when when you're a young lad and and you perhaps go from uh, a, a youth development dressing room into a professional dressing room that step can be quite big I would imagine
1: yeah I mean a lot of the players were welcoming I've I, I trained a number of times with the first team over the course of the season anyway because it was my first season with the club and um, in the building full time shall I say and um, so I knew everyone pretty well I think that what I do remember about that was it was it uh, was I was more nervous about whether or not I was going to be on the bench for that game. I knew I probably wouldn't be starting because we'd already worked on the starting team. Um, but I was more nervous whether or not I was going, not I was going to be picked to the bench to get the opportunity. Um, and once I kind of got that that nod to be on the bench, so I think back then we had three subs, so it wasn't many. You know, it was a you know it was a coveted coveted scenario, and like if you was on the bench, you were likely to get on. So um, that was my my big nerves, and then once I knew I was going to be on the bench, it was kind of a relief and then more of an excitement now to just get me on the field. I want to get on and, and get playing.
0: That's interesting. Did, did any of the experienced pros welcome you in, so to speak? Did they sort of put their arm around you and, and comfort you, I suppose, a little bit?
1: Yeah, for sure. But also, with a lot of those, exper- well, you, you say experienced pros, but I would say a lot of the pros were, Guys that were two years older than me, because we had the likes of Adrian Forbes, Chris Llewellyn, mm. Craig Bellamy, um, and I knew them obviously pretty well because we played at numerous of points of time in the youth team. So uh, those were the guys that were kind of you know excited and pushing and, and looking after me as well. And I mean, you had the older guys, you know, like um, like a uh, uh, Brian Gunn, uh, Matt Jackson. Those guys also, you know, you know, everyone was welcoming and everyone was fine. It was a, it was a good tight knit unit at that
0: point in time back then mm. and i suppose it was a group that was understanding that young players were going to come into it as well and you mentioned there how a lot of players and again even some of the guys you you just mentioned there uh, had come through the club's academy system so so they knew that journey that you were on and they understood that that was the the pathway the club were taking for
1: sure um and and, and that was great and i guess the uh the, the, the great thing about that is that the club was always looking to push people on. If they had the opportunity and 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 kind of blood, and that's what I call it blood youngsters to try and develop them and make sure that, that we had a um, we had a squad, and that that also built into the into the system that we had of a good financial background at that point in time. You know, we wasn't just going out and spending money on players and, and putting the club in a, in a in a bad financial situation, which has shown up to today. You know, the club has been in a good financial standing for many many years
0: mm, Absolutely and and you're obviously built on that in, in the next couple of seasons and, and really cemented your, your place in, in a side Did, uh, what was that period like going from perhaps someone trying to get their way into the team to actually being the guy that was trying to fight off other people from, from taking the position because that was quite a, a big shift in, in a short amount of time
1: I learnt a lot um, I was speaking to someone about this the other day I mean those younger years for me and and gaining all that experience in in certain scenarios with certain coaches for a lot of uh gave me a great learning curve very early in my career, which kind of probably stood me in great stead for the rest of my rest of my career so um they it, 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 it were great learning curves and 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 tough ones at times real tough ones at times but um for me. I wouldn't change anything and any of those experiences for the world because that, that allowed me then to manage and navigate, you know, scenarios that come up later on in your career that, that can I, I, I have seen and still see it cause older players' problems now, you know. And uh, if you haven't experienced that and gone through it, it's difficult to navigate, especially when it does does come upon yourself.
0: I suppose, yeah, it gives you a real exposure to what professional football and, and what first team football is, is like in that period
1: it's cutthroat mm. <laughs> you know it really is there is no um, and I, I coach younger players now and I, I kind of see how involved parents might be and how protective they are and I, I kind of think to myself I think it's a different world when you get in there, you know. Like this is not this is not how it works. You can't protect. You know, you haven't got people to come around and kind of stop you. You're out there and you've got to fend for yourself and and fight and battle your own corner as much as possible. Because if you want to succeed, you've got to be able to to, to navigate those those scenarios and problems. And um, you know, it's a different game now. But also, you know, it's, it, it's it's a tough and a cruel one because you're judged on how you play and how you perform. And if you're not good enough, there's someone else out there that wants to come and take your place and it's always been like that but I'm not sure people are uh, as mentally capable of handling that uh, as as much as they perhaps were. Mm.
0: Is is, is that a strength of perhaps your character then the fact that you were young and and you could... Get yourself perhaps in in the right mindset to play first team football because there's there's plenty of talented and, and we always hear it. There's plenty of academy, academy lads who are really technical, um, perhaps physical as well, but perhaps don't have the the mindset to break into a first team or, or to keep themselves there.
1: Yeah, um, I think it's a, it's a it's a credit to my parents also. You know, like the way that they they brought me up, and I also I give a lot of credit in a in a in a different way to. to to Brian Hamilton. Mm. Um, I had an extremely tough time playing under Brian Hamilton. You know, it was I was probably a scapegoat for him, an easy target. Um, and it put me in a position where I was, you know, you know, you question, hold on, where you question yourself um, and, and, and your ability and whether or not you're good enough. And I think coming through that at such a young age with, with someone that was probably as tough as him on me um, set me up brilliantly for any manager that I came across after that because I was was able to, you know, you feel the lows of that scenario and you come right through it and come out the other side, being able to survive it, it then kind of, there was no other manager that could probably, you know, ball and scream at me, tell me you're you're not good enough or whatever it is because I've already experienced it, done it, Mm. Um, probably a more vulnerable time in your life when you are younger. And, uh, more influential or, or more, more vulnerable to, 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 to those kind of criticisms. And, uh, after that, it, 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 I found it very easy, you know, when we, we could have had different kind of managers and I've seen players, like I said, older players, players older than me and myself be affected by managers that might have, you know, pushed and prodded in those similar ways. Whereas I was, uh, I, I think that experience for me was huge to allow me to kind of, Feel comfortable in any scenario, no matter how bad it was.
0: Mm. was. Was that him trying to give you tough love then, essentially?
1: Not necessarily. I don't think it was tough love, but um, you know, it, it, Brian was probably from a more of an old school um, managerial style, and and as a young player, it, it, you, you're an easier target than trying to probably blame or attack. Older players that might have a you know more of a bite back, so uh, it's just the age old you know scenario that you can have in football. It's easier to take off a a young player than it probably is an older player. Are you going to take off a stronger character or a weaker character, whatever it might be? You know, Um, and and that was it for me. You know, he he found someone that he could probably blame or you know kick on or cause more. And and you know, it it just made me. Caused me to inspire myself to prove him wrong, Mm. and you know, drove me to train harder, push harder. Like I said, I've got to thank him because, as much as it was a tough time at that period of time, it really pushed me forward into being able to cope and be capable of handling a lot of situations that presented itself further in my career.
0: Yes, it's interesting listening to you there because I suppose it creates a situation for particularly a young player where it essentially gives them the opportunity to to take the attitude that you did, Okay, I'm going to prove them wrong, or it could make them go in their shell a little bit, I suppose, and and the fact you you opted for that probably says quite a lot for your mindset. Yeah, I mean, most people
1: that know me will know I'm pretty tough and headstrong as it is, so, um, like I said, if if, if I hadn't experienced that, at that age and like you might have players that are doing great and fantastic and never experienced that till you know twenty five twenty seven they've got a manager that comes in and tells them you you can't do this and you can't do that now you've got at twenty five twenty six twenty seven you've got you've got to handle that and deal with that and a scenario that you might not have dealt with prior to now you've got to figure out how to navigate that and are you able to pull yourself out and and you know continue in the vein that you need to, to to kind of keep your career on on the right path and like i said for me it happened real early in my career probably at 19 19 20 so for me it was it was a great time to experience that because it helped me for the latter years should we say mm.
0: do, do you think if you hadn't have experienced it and perhaps would be oh, it's a hypothetical question but if you'd have experienced later on in your career you would have perhaps approached it a little bit differently
1: <clears> hundred percent. <throat> and I say that because at that point, I'd become numb to, I guess, the outside criticism or outside, you know, and whether it be from fans, whether it be from, you know, players, you have to believe in yourself. And it, and it caused me that, you know, thought process that believing in yourself and and also working at your craft You know, yeah, I had to put work in. It wasn't, I wasn't, you know, a a naturally gifted, you know, Wes Hoolahan or anyone like that. You know, I had to go out there on the training field and really put the the, the work in to make that possible for me. So, um, it just gave me an inspiration. And I think if I didn't have it, would I be as inspired or as driven? Perhaps not. I I mean, I have a little bit in my, in in me, but would I be as driven? I, I don't know. I don't think so, you know, um, and and like I said, it's, 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 it was a good experience. It's terrible at a time, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But when you look back at it, you you realise um, how uh, how um, how you know beneficial it was because I I, I you know I hear and I see yeah. players that we have that you know might go through depressing periods and stuff like that, and you know it, 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 it's it's this. They're all parts of the game, you know. If you can help and develop those mental um, skills to, you know, put a hard crust out the shell to kind of get yourself through and 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 understand how to navigate those those bad periods, um, then then it, it, I think it stands you in good stead in all factors of the game.
0: Absolutely, and you spoke about sort of dealing with things. Something else, something else I'd mention is is speculation. You were obviously a young player, and there was clearly some interest in you from from the research I've done. As a young player, how difficult is that to deal with at the time, or is it a case of just sort of having, as you mentioned there, and again that situation might have benefited you, where you could almost switch yourself off to it a little bit.
1: Sorry, so again, I didn't hear it quite here Yeah,
0: no worries. Uh, in, in terms of dealing with things, sort of, uh, in, in terms of having the capability to deal with certain situations, you were obviously a player that, particularly in, in your early days in Norwich, had a lot of speculation uh, from from big clubs, and or, or, or so I am told by your research, and and that must have been quite unsettling. So, I suppose the situation you had probably helped you shut off to that a little bit. For sure, like I said
1: to you, like that, those experiences allowed me to kind of. Filter out a lot of stuff that would affect me as a player on the field, you know, um, and, and 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 like uh, for me, kind of uh, any any negativity, I used it as you know inspiration to prove people wrong. I mean, you had people that might cheer for you, but the people that didn't cheer for you was the ones that I needed to kind of, you know, prove yeah. that I could. Be capable of whatever it might be that you, you you didn't think I was capable of, so they were inspiration for me to work harder and uh and then the, the flip side, you kind of are weary of of any of the positive stuff because you don't want it to change your reality view of where you might be at at that point in time, you know because you can have your head in the clouds and actually you're not really where you think you might be. So it's a balance, you know, and it's, and that's the most difficult part in this game because there is so much, you know, outside influence that can affect your your mindset, whether it be in a negative or a positive way, which can you know affect the way that you play on that field. Mm,
0: absolutely, I want, I want to ask you about one specific link, and that was a, a link with Ipswich, which obviously would have been uh, highly controversial if that had gone for. I know Andy Marshall made made that move, didn't he? At the time, was that something you were? Uh, aware of or or conscious of or or was that just speculation I suppose
1: it might have been speculation I mean there was never a point in time that I ever thought that I would ever move to Ipswich Um so it it, I mean for me it wasn't you know like you grow up with that thought that Ipswich and and bearing in mind I've been playing at Norwich since I was 13 or Mm -hmm. 12 or 13 that we already knew what that rivalry meant from that early age you know so uh in fact, the other day, I'd just seen that Titus Bramble was at Coley Training Ground, and it kind of itched me. I said, what the hell are you doing there? <laughs> Do you know I mean, he's put something up on his, his social... What the hell are you doing there? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, you, it was like a traitor. you a traitor to it, you know, and mm-hmm. like we have a bit of banter about it. So, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it was never a, a thought process, and, and the kind of... That, but that's the way I, I am, you know, and others, I know, made those moves, and at the end of the day, it's, it's personal decisions, and, you know if push came to shove and it was the only club out there and I had to kind of move to it, then you never know unless I was in that scenario. But there was never a point in my in my career and I was never put in that position that I had to make that ultimate decision about moving there. So it was never, never a thing. It was always, they were always a rival of ours and uh, I had much respect for many players that played for Ipswich, for sure. But, uh you know, with that rivalry of Norwich Ipswich, it just never was a, a, a thought that I would ever move to them. It was a, a, a blasphemous, blasphemous thing to do.
0: Yeah, I, I get the feeling supporters are going to be pleased to hear you say that. To, to be honest, um, I want to, I want to ask you a bit about Nigel Worthington. What, what was he like as, as a manager to work under?
1: He was tough, um, for sure, and I kind of probably had a little bit of carryover of Brian to Nigel, and that probably was probably ultimately. Um, a big reason why I probably ended up moving on um but yeah there's there's many stories I could tell you but they're not probably one that ahead, you know or are, are probably unnecessary um skeletons to dig out of the, of the closet should we say but uh yeah he, he was fine he was good you know he had a passion for the game and uh we had our run-ins and difficult periods and difficult scenarios, but um, ultimately, I think for my own development and for for me to keep moving forward in the game um, and not be, you know, not, not not well for my own development, it was probably time for me to to move on with some of the things that they were, you know,
0: foreseeing that I I, I should probably be doing. Mm, okay. I mean, even if we sit here now and talk about perhaps the managers you worked with at Norwich early on in your career, that's a series of probably managers you'd you'd put in the old-school bracket, wouldn't you? So even though the treatment might have been quite difficult, and and we've spoken about this already, I suppose, is the the education it gave you to work under that type of manager probably, in terms of mindset, probably really benefited you. Really
1: did, like I said to you. Mm. (laughs) When you think about it, we had, you know, Mike... Uh, I worked a little bit under Mike and John and, you know, Mike was probably a little bit more easygoing. And then you have, you know, Bruce Riok, which was, you know, carried a huge reputation in terms of being a disciplinarian. Um, all of those, those those parts. And he had, obviously, Brian Hamilton alongside him. So you can imagine how tough that was. The great thing about Bruce, though, was he understood uh, probably me better. and I wish I got to play under him longer because as a young player, he was tough, but nurturing as well. You know what I mean? Wanting to help develop and wanting to help push forward. Um, whereas Brian was a little bit more on the other side for me. Um, and, and, and obviously then he took over. And then obviously we had Nigel, which came from, you know, from Brian's school of thought as well. So, I mean, they, they, they were all, Tough. I guess when you look back at it, they're all tough managers. You know, really tough uh, in 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 some respects. And um, perhaps, yeah, uh, maybe not. I guess Brian probably sticks out more than the others. But uh, they they were all tough managers when you look back, and they probably set me in 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 a in a good you know in a good mental state to be able to handle a lot of tough decisions and a lot of tough scenarios that this game throws at you as you as you progress through in your in your career.
0: You mentioned the perhaps carryover from how Brian saw you to to how Nigel saw you. Do you you think their sort of perception of you was was fair?
1: That's an interesting one. Uh, They were similar. mm -hmm. Um, I'd not necessarily say it was fair um, in terms of stuff that might have needed to improve in my game. I couldn't ever disagree with anyone because anyone that knows the game can see, you know, weaknesses that you have and things that you need to do better. Well, I could never disagree in, 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 with anybody really when it comes to that because it's all part and parcel of learning. Um, but in regards to, in regards to the way that they may have handled situations, I would say it was highly unfair, but nothing to cry about. It's, you know, Man up, tough up, tough. Get get on with it. In today's game and the way that you know socially things you can say and do and stuff like that, it wouldn't probably be acceptable. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Mm. But that's a different area we we're dealing with, you know. And we, we move we move forward.
0: Yeah, I suppose thinking about it, you probably played through two eras of football, really, from a from a, a time where. It was a bit rough and a, and a, and very tough and very cutthroat, as we spoke about. To something maybe uh, maybe you can tell me I'm wrong or that perhaps moved on a little bit in terms of attitude and treatment of players.
1: Hundred percent. I was at the back end of the old school. I always say that. I was lucky to experience the back end of the old school. Um, and obviously, then we had the you know like the foreign influx, um, and that was the changeover and the, the way that we kind of look at the game address it how professional we are and you have to adapt to it you know i was a young player at the back end of the old school and and you know kind of moved or had to move with the times so as we as we moved forward with with the game you know in terms of progressing with it so yeah there was definitely a difference of difference of era for sure mm.
0: Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, what, what about how? I mean, for your first time time at the club and your your departure a little bit. What, what's what's your side to that? How how do you see the way that that you departed the club the, the first time around?
1: Um, I just think the, the season before that things weren't going in the in the direction that I required, and and I, I wanted to kind of you know. how I wanted to play, I wasn't getting as much opportunities as I had probably done previously in my career. Um, And then the following season, before I left, they were looking at, uh, the club needed someone to play at right-back at that point in time, they just needed some a hole filling and they kind of thought that I might be that person just to fill a hole for the benefit of it and I, I didn't believe at that point in time that it would be beneficial, and it was right for me just to fill a hole for the sake of, you know, Mm. for the sake of everyone, rather than do something that's right. It was more like a square peg in a round hole, and um, at at that point in time, it was probably better that I I, I moved on, Um, because it felt like more of a, uh, at that point in time, I felt like I was more of an outsider that just was needed as and when they felt it was best, and times change Mm. Um, and I think I'd been at the club and played a number of years at that point in time it was time for a different different challenge different different uh opportunity somewhere else and Stoke came up and off I went
0: Mm. yeah you you certainly did And, and you're one of perhaps the the rare breed of of players who who came back so so when you when you did get the opportunity to to come back what was it that Perhaps persuaded you a little bit because there there are some players certainly who who perhaps don't go back to, to former clubs.
1: Um, big one was probably Peter Grant. You know, um, I knew Peter and I, I learned a lot from Peter when I played alongside him. The very few games I did play alongside Peter, I learned a hell of a lot and kind of he was well ahead of his times in terms of being a true pro um, in an old school era. For him to take the game as professionally and as seriously, which would probably be looked upon as normal now, was very foreign back then. Mm. Um, and that's where we talk, uh, touched on about the old school and new school era. He was well ahead of his time in terms of being a, 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 what I would consider to be a true pro. And, you know, you, you see these things, and it's there, there are a lot of the things that you learn and and, and, uh, and want to take forward in your own career. And, obviously, him being at the helm, you know, I, I knew how professional he would be and how detailed he was. So I thought it would be a good move and a good opportunity. And I believe that the club was trying to get themselves back into the Premier League and, and, and kick on from there and uh, from after just coming back down again. And I thought it would be the right move at the right time.
0: When, when you came back, did it feel like you were walking into a club that had changed a little bit? Obviously, they'd, they'd been through the Premier League hadn't they come out the other side obviously Nigel had left after a long time at the club did you feel like the the club you were walking into was a lot different or perhaps a bit different to the one that you left
1: yeah it 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 grown up it had become more professional you know more slick everything was uh, nice and newer shinier and, and more streamlined so for sure it was, it was definitely a big step from where it was um
0: when, I, when when I left, hmm. and and you obviously touched upon Peter Grant, he's an interesting one, isn't he? Because I think every player you speak to says he, he's an excellent cu- excellent coach, uh, helped them on on the training pitch, and yet in management at Norwich City, it, it didn't quite work for him, did it? Is is there something or a particular reason perhaps that, that you feel it, it didn't work for him at the time? Um.
1: Like you say, and, and this is something I've experienced now when you become a coach yourself, some people are really good coaches and should just be a coach, and some people are really good managers. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There is a very big difference between both roles. Um And perhaps Peter's, you know, great strength maybe just as a coach. It didn't work necessarily, and not that he did anything terrible as a manager. Do you know what I mean? But perhaps his his best uh, his best you know focus and, and and he gets the best out of him is like someone playing in you know someone playing on the right midfield or or, or someone playing in midfield or defence you know they can do the job it might not necessarily be as great as it could be but they do a far better job when they play and it's more natural to them when they play in in in, in midfield and that might be more. With Peter, you know, it, it might just be more natural for him to be in the coach role, and you get you get the best of him there than he did. But I mean, I would have loved to have seen him get another opportunity at the helm mm-hmm. because you can't argue with the details and the way that he does things. That's that's you know, anyone in football and that knows it knows the games. You can't argue. Sometimes it just doesn't you know fit right for you at that point in time.
0: Yeah, there, there are plenty of great coaches, aren't there? That, that haven't gone on to be great managers for for whatever reason. And you mentioned there' a massive difference uh, in in the role as as perhaps being the reason. Have Have you taken anything from, I suppose, Peter in, and his level of detail into into your coaching? Because it, it sounds like he's someone that you admire greatly.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of my managers I do, but um, the, the 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 one thing that I kind of that kind of pains me is that you wish some of the stuff that I like to teach now and, 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 and show now is I wish I'd had them at, at the same ages that I was at. You know, like I wish I'd had that information. Hmm. Um, and that's why I kind of try to pass that information on to those younger ages because it's, it, it allows you to think about the game, but you, you now look back and you go, I wish I'd taken more notes. I wish I'd, you know, I wish I'd written more stuff down and done stuff, but I had no aspirations at that point in my, in my life to, to be a coach, but you look back on it and you take all the little good pieces that you see and you understand why, and probably maybe now or so more, you understand why good managers and good coaches are good managers and good coaches and why poor managers and poor coaches are poor. You know, very, very simple. You can see it, it becomes, once you understand what it requires when you're doing it yourself and if you want to be successful and be good, um, it, it becomes really apparent you
0: know, and it's kind of it's kind of crazy. Hmm. Uh, I want to ask you a, a little bit about Glenn Roder. Obviously, he replaced he Peter, didn't he? And I think it's it's fair to say he's probably one that falls into the bucket of being again another old school manager. So, bearing in mind with with what you went through with Nigel Bryan, uh, etc., how did you find Glenn to deal with? Because I think there's a perception amongst Norwich fans. Well, perhaps he's he's, he's disliked is, is, is probably the the accurate as a player what was it like to work under him what was his approach like dis-
1: dis- dis- disliked by who
0: supporters i think i think that's fair to say by whom supporters
1: okay
0: <laughs> unless you want to add players um, for that as well
1: <laughs> well uh, i mean uh, yeah i could add, i could add that alongside it i mean a uh, very interesting Character, very different guy, you know. Um, definitely up there with the uh, the ones that are out there box. And again, this is where you can see great things about managers and 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 things that you wouldn't do. And I guess from my perspective, there is a lot of things about him uh, that he taught me about things that I just simply wouldn't do. You know, so let's probably. Keep it as far as that. But yeah, it's tough, tough time. Tough time in many instances in my career under him and probably was a, uh, again, you know, we talk about square pegs and round holes. He ended up playing me up front for a season and uh, that, that, that you know, costs, uh, cost me a lot of my reputation. You know, people look at you, you're not the same player, you're half a player, you're an idiot, you know, and and even within your own fans, oh, you're not a great, but, you know, you're sticking me in a position where I'm doing a job, it's not a great job, I can get by, but it's not what should be done in that role, you know, I've never played it in my career, but, you, if you want to get the best out of me, you don't play me there, you play me where I should be played, very, very simple, you know, um, but, again, we even with your own fans, people are looking at you like, what the hell, and, um, before that, before we got to that season, I had the opportunity to probably go to Burnley at the time in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't let me go. It was kind of crazy, you know. Like, he didn't want to play me, but he didn't want to... He didn't kind of want me, but he didn't want to let me go there because it probably would look bad on his reputation at the time. And, yeah, many things I wouldn't do, Yeah, it, put it that
0: way. It, it sounds, from, from what you've said there, essentially that you felt he was the reason that perhaps you... Whilst you were playing up front, maybe that the fans had a, had a bit of a perception of you—is—is is that fair?
1: hundred percent, but not only just fans across football. You know, people know what you could do and what you used to do. And at the end of the day, you know, I always say fans are fickle, and I don't mean it in a bad way. And actually, the one thing I will say is. When I came back to Norwich at Christmas, it seemed like they'd been more educated, you know, like they'd seen a lot more good stuff and they and they kind of understood and appreciated things that perhaps they didn't appreciate before. But, yeah, they, they, they you know, everyone has a short term memory in football and uh, you, you forget and you just look at a player, you just expect they're a good player, they paid good money, you should be able to do the job wherever you put, you know, and that's what people look at. But there's a reason why we have positions and there's a reason why people specialise in positions is because they they know how to do that job better than what I do, you know, and that's part of being a team. Picking players that do a job and picking the best players that do the best job in those positions are the one that will do it the best together. And um I, I don't necessarily think that I, I I I performed I would say I performed over and above what what I was capable of doing in that position mm. but in terms of someone that can do that position properly then uh, it wasn't up to the standard that would be required at that level for sure
0: yeah his his two years at the club aren't looked back particularly fondly I, I would imagine probably by players who were involved at that time as well there, there was obviously a, a lot of lone players that came in as well what was the dynamic in the dressing room like at that time because there was sort of players coming and going constantly
1: I mean players are you know obviously it's tough because if you're a, a loyal player to the club and you're not getting opportunities because you're just bringing people in that don't really care and they they they're probably in and out and they've just got their own agenda it can be difficult but also players are it's it's a very small knit family so you know everyone's fairly they they're okay because it's not it's not the player's fault it's the people that pick those players and and play them in and it's how they wish to create the dynamic and uh, culture within that dressing room. So, you know, players are, are wise enough to know that it's not the player's fault that's getting picked. It's, it's, it's the people that are picking those players and, and making those choices. And it, as a coach, again, it's what type of culture do you want to create within your dressing room? Uh, and it might not necessarily be the, the most productive culture.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's that's fair enough to say and, and we all saw what what happened with that Norwich group and in, in terms of once you got relegated for for you what what was that like? Because as you said, you'd perhaps been played out of position, um, the culture wasn't particularly great. What was it perhaps I, I suppose the the answer I, I'm probably expecting is, is Paul Lambert, but in, in terms of actually keeping you at the club and perhaps giving you a new lease of life, what was it that sort of instigated that I suppose?
1: Um, well, it's a the funny one. I mean, uh, towards the end of the, I think it was the end of that season that Brian took over. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I helped push for him to to kind of get the job so I'd known Brian a long time. Um, I can't remember what one of the directors come in after the game we won. I think it was against Barnsley. Was it against Barnsley? His first game. Yeah, it was Barnsley. Yeah. I can't remember anyway, but uh, one of them come in, you know, like, you know, and jokingly, a number of us had said, you know, give him the job, and, so, and, so, and obviously a couple of weeks later he got the job, um, but that that summer was an opportunity for me to probably move away and, and, again, I think Burnley had come back in again, I think it was that summer mm. for me to, to go and Ryan had blocked the move or whatever. I don't know the, the, the ins and outs of it but for whatever reason it was blocked and I was stuck on gardening leave. <laughs> so, I literally was on gardening leave for the first six weeks of the season, mm-hmm. seven weeks, uh, whatever it was. Um, literally wasn't allowed to train or be at the training ground um, until the first team had left. So, I literally had, I think I might have been there with Sammy King and at one point before Sammy had moved, and, um, yeah, literally just came in and trained by myself in the afternoon and brushed up on my golf game in the, in the, uh, in the morning, you know, like I actually, it was probably the best I ever played golf. I spent, you know, hours on the golf course practicing and, uh, the afternoon was, um, was there. I went out on the training ground and just did my own work. It was literally, you know, by itself, cannot be when anyone was in the building and, uh, and then obviously the the change happened, and uh, I was still in that mode. And I think Paul then just came to me and said, "Look, what's the situation?" Just said what it was, and said, "Look, if you want to come in and train and, and train, and start to join back in with the with the group? Then you know you're welcome to. And let's see if we can get you fit and get a couple of reserve games under your belt." And I guess that was it. I kind of played a couple of reserve games. And, you know, had to kind of get myself fit because I'd done nothing all of pre-season, and well, I think we're now a couple of weeks into the season, um, and then the rest is history, I guess.
0: What, what was the reason you were you were put on gardening leave? As, as you mentioned, there you obviously could have got a move away, but they re- they rejected that. But then you were put on gardening leave. Were you ever given a, a justified reason as to why that why that actually happened?
1: Well, they wanted probably. I don't know whether it was just. To to, to, to have me move on and they just didn't want me in and around the group I mm.
0: said mm. that's, a, that's yeah. the
1: question you'd have to ask the, those, 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 those that made those decisions at that time mm. but um, I felt let down for sure um, especially you know people that you've known for a, a, a period of time a long period of time you know but at the end of the day you consider it and I looked at it again this is one of those situations where you look at it and probably the the, the uh, the early parts of your career has allowed you to kind of handle it. You know, it's not personal, it's business mm. at the end of the day, you know, and that's how I looked at it and that's what probably inspired me then because I didn't have to come in in the afternoons, but if I wanted to train, that's what I had to do. So in the afternoons is when I came in and, and did the training that I wished to do, you know, got got on with it in the afternoons and got the work in for my own benefit. Were,
0: were you pleased then in, in that case when you were given the opportunity to come back into the group and, and Paul Lambert, did give you a, another opportunity?
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, any opportunity... Yeah, and I, I was always committed to Norwich from the age of, like I say, 12 or 13. I was already committed to Norwich. Like, um, whether I wanted or whether I was going to be moved on at any point in time, you were still, and I'm quite sure people know how I played a game, you were always going to get 100% from me. It didn't make a difference. Like... There was no influence of, I'm not going to try. That was part and parcel probably a staple of my character traits or player traits is, you know what you're going to get. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to give you everything I can give you. Mm. Very, very simple. So for when people don't think I'm going to give you that or question it, knowing that's what I am about, that's a tough one. So, yeah, um, yeah. Once you get the opportunity, I'm going to give you, regardless of whatever may happen or may not happen, you're gonna get a hundred percent from me. You're not gonna get anything less. Uh, that doesn't, you know, feature in my in my thought process. And uh, given that opportunity, I put my head down, got the work in, you know, got myself fit and, and and ready to play, and was given the opportunity back in the the team in a different kind of role. And took again the opportunity with both hands.
0: Yeah, I mean, you you weren't sort of the, the only player who sort of experienced that. Well, I think Wes went through a similar thing and again had to be given perhaps a, a little bit of a, a kick up the backside not that that's what happened to you but in, in his instance it was, it was probably a different situation Gary Doherty as well experienced players that perhaps had found their way out of the team for, for one reason or, or another what what was Paul Lambert like in, in terms of giving you guys a, another opportunity how did he go about that because again you, you sort of went from being a player whose future was elsewhere to being quite a pivotal role in in that League 1 season?
1: Very, very simple. There's an opportunity. He was tough, he was fair. There's an opportunity. You take it, it's your choice. Do you know what I mean? Mm. How much you want it will determine. And that's that's the one thing I, and that's a big thing I take now into coaching for myself, is be fair, be harsh, be hard, be strong, be fair with everyone, whether they're your favourite or least favourite. Do you know what I mean mm. and I think when when you're equally um, when, when you're just as equal with your decision making and and, and treatment of someone that may be your favorite and as you are with the least favorite, everyone can see it mm. do you know um, and no one's over and above the law and with that, you just have to you, you have to respect it. there's nothing you can do, you know. And, and, you know, you might moan and groan about it because you think that you'll probably be on a more favourable side. But the, the guy that wasn't on the favourable side got exactly the same punishment and exactly the same treatment. So you have to accept it. It becomes a consistency throughout the, the club and the team. And I think that was a big factor in bringing the team together and having such a great team spirit because you knew if I stepped over the line or I wasn't right, I was going to get the same, you know, the same, what should we say, you know, Telling off, as, as the other guy would do as well. Was it you know um, you'd be you'd be pulled out uh, you'd be you'd be dug out and and, and uh, exposed at any point in time if you wasn't doing your job or you wasn't standing up and and, and, and being counted.
0: Mm, absolutely, absolutely. I'll ask you a bit more on on Paul specifically at the moment. But was it quite nice for you personally because of what you'd been through again in, in the first spell at Norwich, but also under Glen Roda where you were played as a striker out of position that you were given this role under Paul Lambert that perhaps did suit you a lot better and you were able to show supporters and show those people in football that had perhaps maybe not written you off a little bit but certainly that that reputation that that you said had been damaged to, to sort of prove them wrong again I guess
1: for sure um and uh I feel like you're always having to you're always having to prove yourself in this game, and that's part and parcel of it. And if you're not feeling that you have to prove yourself continually, then you're probably not you know you not, you're not improving, and you're not um, you've not got the fight and battle to stay in the game for the long haul. So uh, for me, yeah, it was an opportunity, and and what was great was was that it was a, a great development period for me. Uh, I, I learned again a lot when I came back initially with Pete because obviously he starts to talk to you and teach you a little bit more you know the finer, cuter things which I, perhaps I'd lost a little bit of development when I was at Stoke because we played a very specific style of play mm. you know and as a midfielder there's a different way to play um, and again with Paul being a midfielder himself and putting me in a different role that I probably perhaps never really played before in the midfield capable of doing it but just never played it and then to learn and and understand that role, and 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 you know have someone that understood all the cuter parts of the game and could explain it and teach you uh, it very well. It was a great a great learning curve and, and and development again.
0: And in terms of that season, I remember you you scored a, a late equaliser at Chillingham specifically. Um, that's just something that stands out in my mind from from that season. It, what what was the team spirit like? with that squad and, and I suppose uh, a secondary question in terms of seasons in, in your career where does that one rank both personally and as, as a team achievement? Um,
1: the team spirit was great um, and, and like I said I think the way that Paul was with with everybody we would all dig each other out you know no matter who it was I remember moaning at the line in and, and then I'd have the back line moaning at me because I wasn't in position, you know. And we all dug each other out, but we respected each other and understood what the, 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 the team cause was and what we were trying to achieve. And and uh, as much as you might fall out or hate someone, you know, giving you a rollicking behind, you you understood it and you understood what it was because we were all trying to get that result at the end of boost on and away we go so the team spirit was was great in the dressing room and everyone wanted to work hard it was competitive i mean i always remember the young the old that we used to have on a friday was probably more competitive than the actual game on the saturday because <laughs> everybody was hungry to play hungry to win you know you'd have people coming off and wouldn't talk to each other because you know we didn't, and you know th- these small little details are things which kind of accumulated to to put in a great team together and having that hunger throughout everybody of wanting to go out and win and and and, and be be together to make sure we we made it happen.
0: Uh, we obviously know where where Paul is currently. Are, are, are you surprised? Perhaps the way his direction or the the way the his career has developed, I suppose, from being, because he was regarded probably in the same breath as Brendan Rodgers at one point when he was at Swansea as being a, a young, hungry, talented British manager and, and his career seems to have regressed a little bit. Is that just poor job choices, perhaps not having a dressing room that completely believes in him? What, what do you put that down to? Um, it's a difficult one because,
1: like I said to you, it's it's a marrying of not only being a good manager, but it's a marrying of having the right players as well mm. that are gonna, you know, be part and parcel. People think I'm gonna get a, a you 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 get a good manager and your team is gonna be great, or you got a great team and you put a different manager in and they're gonna be you know even better. It doesn't work like that. It's, it's a marrying of the two, and it's a unison of both. Both units being able to understand and, and, and push forward, and sometimes you just don't have the the right pieces, and and you can't afford to have a, a missing piece or two if you're looking to really challenge, you know, to go for promotions or stuff like that. I mean, if you look at any any team that that Norwich has had that's probably got a promotion or done really well, there hasn't been many missing pieces. <laughs> you know and those pieces have probably been consistently fit and, and played as, as, a, as a unit for the majority of the season and and that that's what people you know it's these tiny nuances that can change the whole dynamic and 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 to kind of get that balance that that, that recipe correct every single time is really hard you know really really hard and you, and I think I appreciate that more when you become a, a coach yourself one player two players can can change that whole team dynamic because it just doesn't balance up and play right and we, and when you're talking about the top of the game it is such fine margins mm. and such fine margins of error and such fine margins take you you know to that next level um, that 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 that's the uh, that's the key factor for me
0: and obviously you decided to to leave the the club again i, I suppose the obvious question would be given everything that that Paul went on to achieve with that squad was there a little bit of regret that, that perhaps you, you didn't stay around
1: yeah there was a regret but it wasn't through um, me not wanting to it mm. was just a scenario that happened and was told there was no contract for me to to sign mm. that was it <laughs> you know, very 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 simple um dead signed I think someone else at that point in time uh think who it was it was the guy from Brighton uh,
0: uh, Crofts Andrew Crofts
1: Crofts yeah they'd signed Crofts and there was no, no 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 need to sign me at that point in time okay that was it end of story thank you for your work but goodbye
0: that, yeah that seems quite brutal for a guy who's at a club well, at the club quite a, quite a long time
1: Like I said to you, there's very little loyalty, but that's just part and parcel of the game. It's a cruel, cutthroat game. At the end of the day, you have a job to do, and you have, um, you know, decisions to make. It's not personal; it's business. Mm. That's how you have to look at it, you know. And uh, you know, you dust yourself off and you move on. Very, very simple.
0: Mm, Absolutely. I I suppose the the final question I want to ask you, and again, it's it's probably a, a bit philosophical more than anything else, is in yeah. in your view, how how do you feel you're you're perceived by Norwich fans? Do you think you're perhaps I I, I don't know because I, again I I don't know the answer to this. But how how do you feel you're you're viewed by by supporters? That
1: is a, a tough tough question.
0: I, I suppose I suppose it's almost are you viewed in the way that you'd want to be viewed as a player.
1: Um, I've never. I guess I've never thought about that in any shape or form, and I have absolutely no idea of how I am viewed because you kind of minimized that that thought process ever being that much of an issue for me. It was more about what I did on the field, and it was probably more about the players around me and what they thought, and whether or not I was doing my job. But I guess as I look back at it. My understanding is um, did I achieve something at the club that will be remembered? Well, my understanding is I was probably the second most appearance player of player with the most appearances that had come through through the youth team. Mm. I think Daryl Such is probably the is number one from my understanding. So did I, am I, am I, am um, uh am I a a an example of the youth development system? And did I give full value to the club for coming through that youth system? Then I would say yes. Um, and did I achieve winning a, a, a championship with the club, yes. So, two things that I can kind of look back on, and I would think about them being my uh, my my achievements at the club. And if if that's part and parcel of it, would I like to have achieved more? Possibly, yeah, for sure. Mm. But are they good achievements? I would say so. And um, am I happy about them? Yeah, please. I mean, the winning of the championship or winning the league one was uh, is a huge it was a huge changer in terms of my understanding of why we played the game. Obviously, we always talk about you want to win, you want to win the championship and the amount of seasons you'd set up the fall until you actually do it. You don't understand what it means and you don't understand what it takes. And like That kind of inspired me to say I wanted to do it again and I think two years later I did it again with Charlton. Um, so, uh, I think I achieved things and hopefully that the fans appreciated my time at the club and the work that I put in for them and uh, within the club itself kind of showing what the system can do and, and, and being of, of value for coming through the system as well so difficult one mm.
0: yeah I, I think you're, you're, you're probably right in, in terms of what you showed about academy players and, and we're certainly seeing that again aren't we it's, it's almost like a, a regeneration of that I guess you're, you're a glowing example of that and I'm sure uh, if you, uh, you mentioned coming back to Carrow Road I'm sure you're welcome back with, with open arms
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope so I mean I, I snuck in that Christmas And uh, <laughs> yeah, it was good to see a few old faces again You know and um, Yeah I mean the guys are great But I, I've always kind of kept a little bit away Because there's, there's a number of guys that do a lot of all the the uh, Match day hospitality and stuff And uh, obviously we're all a tight knit We all know each other very well And it was good to come back for Wes's and um, Russ's mm. Testimonials and yeah, just good to see the boys. I mean, it's a very tight. Uh, Norwich is always a, what I say a family club, you know, and um, it's it, everyone knows everyone, and it's, it's, it's a great place.